Thank you, Ms. Sawyer. All right, good afternoon. This is State of Florida versus Stephen Testa with multiple cases before the court. How you doing, everybody? My name is Devin Bennett. Um, I'm originally from South Florida, born and raised Broward County, Dade County. Um, I've been on death row for 20 years. Um, uh, like the other guys here, I've been given a death sentence. Um, I'm about three quarters way through my appeal process. Um, but God's got a plan. He has an eternal plan, and that's the hope that I hold fast to daily uh, because that is the only sufficient hope that I've found since I've been here. I've done the drugs. I've done the, the, the pretty much everything you can think of to try to uh, numb my pain or, or, or heal my pain, if you will, and it's all fallen short, just as I have fallen short of the glory of God. And it was only when I had an experience with the living God, that is Jesus Christ, that I was able uh, to not only realize my broken state um, in my sinful state, my wretched state that I am, uh, that I was, uh, and at the same time realize and understand and accept the grace that God has in dying for me and redeeming me and reconciling me to right relationship with Jesus Christ, that I can have a right relationship with the Heavenly Father. Um, that, 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 in, that in a nutshell is, is, is my testimony. And a little bit I'm going to give more, more specifics of my testimony is I don't want to downplay anybody else's struggle, but one thing I know is we may not have the same struggles, but we share the same, same pain. It may just be different, uh, but it's still pain. It's still hurt. It's still struggle. Um, and so today, uh, Brother Yada King, Brother Austin, Brother Sean, Grant, Brother Ryan Wright's Track Stars, um, able to come here and share the good news with, with the guys in need of hope, um, in need of, of a savior. Um, and some of the guys who need to be encouraged um, with, the, with the good news. So I'm, I'm grateful for my brothers to be able to come here today and share uh, the good news and give us an encouraging word. For we know that his word does not return void till it accomplishes that which he set, forth, set it forth for. And so the word today is, is hope and encouragement um, in, in Christ Jesus. And I, play, I pray uh, that the, the effects of that will move and be impressed upon the individual's hearts here today. Um, I'm thankful for the grace of God for allowing me and giving me the desire uh, to foresee this event, to give me the patience and the perseverance to deal with the many moving parts of this event and bring it all together. It's only by the grace of God that we are here today doing what we are doing to the glory of God. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then whenever I ask you the questions, restate the question and answer. Okay, so okay. That way, you know, I got so you. All right, so um, how much time do you send us to uh, I've been given. Uh, I was. You asked me how much time I was sentenced to. Yeah. I was given a death sentence. How long have you been incarcerated? I've been incarcerated now for 20 years. March 11th of this year made 20 years. Can you explain like how it felt when you first got like, sentenced to death? Like what were you Um. I was pretty much numb, so I didn't really register at the time. So that may be the effects of that was numbness. I didn't really feel anything, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously I was sad, but there was so much other stuff going on. Um, and when I do get into my testimony, you will understand what I mean by that. Um, yeah. When did things uh, change for you? What you did? Like, when did you find hope? When did you find salvation? Um, just the level of desperation that I had never... Oh, uh, how did I find... Oh, oh. Uh, how did I find hope? What changed in my circumstances that led me, led me to Christ? Just a, a, a level of desperation that I had not encountered before, uh, where I found myself grappling not only with the unknown, 
but also grappling with the means to deal with it. It was too much. I was overwhelmed. I was literally between death and God. Um, the second choice that he gave me in, in his grace. Uh, the first one was a little better, but I denied him. And so in his grace, he gave me another one. But it, 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 was, it was literally uh, that August 2012 that I came uh, to Christ Jesus, uh, surrendering my life to him to do his will um, in my life, whatever that may mean. So what do you do now with the time? Like, how do you spend your time incarcerated? So, you give a viewer inside look at what it looks like to be like a believer incarcerated and be on, be on mission. Okay, so how, how I spend my time while being incarcerated. So first of all, I'm in full-time ministry, um, just witnessing daily, making myself available. As I told you earlier, like our greatest ability is our availability. Um, I, have, I am one of the founders and full-time member of the Dark Pen Church in Christ, which was established in 2017 on death row. Um, I am also the founder of Kingdom Minded Now Incorporated, which is a nonprofit organization um, that, that helps um, shed light and bring new perspective um, to, to people's eyes in the world about men who are not only incarcerated, but specifically guys who are on death row, changing the image that we have that these red pants can sometimes um, give. Um, so daily, day to day, my ministry starts with myself, allowing God to minister to me, and then what he pours into me, I then turn, pour that out to other people. Just ministering to guys looks like many different things. It could be um, hope for a difficult day, peace for a moment of anxiety. Um, there are all times, there are opportunities for God to move. We just have to be mindful. A lot of times we're not listening. A lot of times we're not looking. A lot of times we're too far away because we ourselves are not walking with him. It's hard to hear God when you've pushed him away and he's not close to you. But if you're walking with him, he's going to let you know what's going on, when it's going on and who it's going on with. And so being able to do that, being mindful of him, you know, um, Psalms 25, uh, 14, I believe it is, it says that the secrets of the Lord are for those who reverence him. Like, you know, if we desire to know the things that are, that are eternal, if we desire to know, um, the, the inner workings of man and what may be if we desire to speak that prophetic tongue and, and speak truth to an individual's life we must be walking with him he who keeps my commandments it was him I will make myself known to him and my father and how we will manifest ourselves to him Jesus tells us that in the book of John um, and so just be daily making myself available to do the service of the Lord this, this is the story of my time up till Christ and shortly thereafter August 2012 um, my testimony for the Lord and what he's doing in my life. So my problem started in the womb through the drugs my mom used. I came out jaded on the 11th of June. The year was 1980. Ever since that day, my life's been real crazy. Had a rough start because both parents, they had problems. Divorced when I was born and problems, they couldn't solve them. Started with my mama, madness in the kitchen. When drugs took over, we both became victims. Then she od They found her by a table. Paramedics brought her back, but that environment's unstable. Now I'm with dad, another house, not a home. Getting smacked around whenever we alone. Drugs and drinking at all hours of night. Chaos and violence, I rarely slept tight. Next few years, I seen more of the same. Till mom in 86 said it's time for a change. Start of first grade, my mom seemed stable. Working at the bar, making tips off tables. Wasn't until 87, the good turned bad. Mama started drinking, my happy it turned sad. Liquor by the bed, pills in the glove box. Late night drunk fights, they broke my lunchbox. Had the He-Man edition, castle a gray skull. A gift from my mom for another lie, she told. Angry with my mom in this life we were living. Seeing her having sex for drugs, money, and attention. Warping my perspective in the way I seen a mother. Instead of being a mother, she was being someone's lover. Men touching on examples being shown. As they led, I followed, not understanding it was wrong. She pushed me away, I felt pain and rejection. Feelings that affect later as they manifested. Fast forward 89, my mom overdosed again. Them lights everywhere, my mom barely breathing. Like deja vu, how I'm seeing what I'm seeing. Again, I...
I'm back with my dad. The paramedics is leaving. Now it's NA meetings. I just turned nine. Still remember being hyper, running around inside with my dad and his girl sober. Things started out cool, but with all the back and forth, now I'm struggling in school, wanting acceptance. Wanting to be accepted, I'm acting out in class. Behavior, the expression of the feelings I felt. Pain, fear, and anger. I was hurting deep inside. I was 10 years old when I started getting high. Summer 92, I was sent to reform school. Breaking in car lots, still trying to be cool. There I tried new things, wasn't accepted. Summer 92, went to reform school, breaking in car lots, still trying to be cool. There I tried new things, wanting acceptance of love, but sexual acts with a boy just made me more mindful of. Not knowing who I was, I felt worthless and ashamed. These feelings weren't my fault, but still I carried them the same. Got out in 94, dad drinking and drugging, mom still missing in action. Now I'm living with a cousin, had a brand new start, he let me make myself at home. But I wore out the welcome, see I was still doing wrong. Skipping school, stealing, smoking weed in the crib, seems it's always later we see how stupid we is. Finally found what I needed, but my heart ain't accepted. I grew tired of second guessing I chose to reject it mid 95 still on the wrong road smoking dirties with chicos writing graffiti on walls in them streets wild and refusing to follow rules I got busted with some dope by an undercover near school sent me to rehab told me get my life together yet in spite of the advice poor choices would continue in and out of detention rehabs and group homes spirit of rebellion head harder than a stone running from police I was running for myself living a life of insanity hurting the people trying to help Summer 99 is when I met my son's mother. She was unlike any other, far more than a lover. What I felt amazing, I had finally found the one, but because I wouldn't change, I messed a good thing up. Afraid she'd leave, got her pregnant in October. Making things a lot worse, I wasn't ready to be a father. Over the next nine months, I continued doing me, hurting myself and those closest. I was living selfishly, front like I was something, but really life was bleak. Day-to-day -day aspirations, money, sex, and weed. June 2000, before my son came. I was in an accident, left me in a coma for two days. The day I came out, my son Brandon was born. The amount of love he brought money could never afford. It was time to invest. My son needed a dad, so I invested in help for the problems I had. Went to a court day to charge from 99. Told the judge I needed help, wanting to change my life. Be the dad my son deserves and do this dad thing right. He ordered me the treatment, said I'd leave in a month, giving me time to say goodbye and spend time with my son. But things weren't good. It's like I struggled without weed. It's like I needed to be high just to keep my mind at ease. I was angry and impulsive, having mood swings. Still what would happen next would be my deepest regret. Even after all these years, it's still hard to express. What happened wasn't intentional. Still, my actions were wrong. Whether intentional or not, it's my fault. My son's gone. They asked what happened. I told lies instead of truth. Because it isn't my condition, they charged child abuse. I was sitting in jail when my son passed away. Charged with murder, I couldn't attend my son's wake. Made bail a month later, but I was still in chains. But not a change that remained with the guilt and the pain, causing my anger and addiction to do more of the same. I made my dad, girl, and vic my dad, girl, and family further victims of my pain. Yet in spite of my wicked heart, God reached out to me. In 2003, his hand was a plea. 20 years or death sentence, the choice to decide. Would I accept God's hand or continue on in my lies? Held captive by fear, I wasn't willing to deal. I ignored God's hand, the ugly truth I concealed. Trial started a week later. New lies, they arrived. I had my chance of justice, but I chose to decline. After short deliberation, they sentenced me to death which really didn't even matter. See, I was already dead. Two months later, my dad died of heart failure. Then my mom from suicide less than nine.